The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Geekish Cast Live for the week of November 20th, 2018. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us this week is Joe Slepsky from the Joe on Joe podcast. What's happening, Joe? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Doing good. How are you? Doing really well. I'm excited. Awesome. Excited Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's always a good week. I got a turkey to start brining tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I'm yeah, hoping. Yeah. When- I'm hoping to when quit playing we... Red Dead Redemption long enough to uh, actually oh, get that done. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go back and relaunch uh, Spider-Man because I was so close to finishing it, so I had to put Red Dead down for a few days. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. And also joining us is the Ayatollah of Jack and Cola, Paul Vieira. What's happening, Paul? What's up, gentlemen? You sound pretty excited to be here. Did we wake <laughs> you up? Um, I've just been drinking. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that makes plenty of sense. That makes plenty excited, of sense. Excited, tipsy, you know, whatever you call it. One of the two, yeah. He's just playing it cool. He doesn't want yeah, the audience it's... to know how eager he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's very excited. And also joining <laughs> us is a guy I accidentally saw on an episode of Dollhouse last week, Rico Anderson. What's happening, Rico? And I apologize for that. Jeez. Oh, no, it was no. actually, it was actually, a, it was a pretty good scene <laughs> because, as usual, anytime I bump into you in a TV show, I always look at my wife and go, hey, that's that's Rico. That's Rico on TV. And then she goes, you know, I have his phone number, right? So I'm always like, what the hell? So anyhow. Got him on speed dial. What are you going to do? Yeah. Hey, I need I need a really good nickname like Ayatollah of Jack and Cola. I mean, All that, right. That, that's, uh, that we'll pretty great. That's a pretty great nickname. Right? Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll start working on one. Maybe we can get one workshop yeah. by the end of the show. Yeah, okay. Develop a drinking problem and yeah. you'll get a nickname. Like there that. you go. Okay. <laughs> I was going to suggest this, taking a poll and see you know, what the fans think, but <laughs> no, much easier, much easier to develop a drinking problem. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I can tell it takes you, literally no effort. Once... Yeah. yeah, you don't have to work real hard at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the up, the uphill, the climb there is fun. It's the downward part that's difficult. Yes, yes, that's it is. True. I just want somebody to go through it. It is not fun to watch. Um, I, I was talking a little, we were talking a little bit ahead of time, Joe, I guess you've been on a, the, uh, the pen and teller diet and you are yeah. finding it quite successful. I was joking yeah. at the office this week about how I'd lost all this weight and somebody goes, well, how'd you do that? And I said, well, when my dad died, I started chain smoking. I'm thinking about writing a diet book, smoke your way to skinny. And they're like, that's a terrible idea. You're going to give people cancer. I said, yeah, but then they lose more weight. You see, it just keeps going. Yeah. But, up. Yeah. And look at it this way. There's less mass for those cancer cells to grab onto exactly. when you're thinner. And my I mean, follow-up. It's all just, yeah, my it's follow-up, just science. Well, my follow-up book was going to be lose that eight extra pounds by chopping off your leg. Sweet. Yeah. 
I didn't say they were. I, I lose, that, yeah, lose that. Lose that. Twelve extra pounds by chopping off my dick. What? Whoa! What? Hey! Oh. Hey! Hey! <laughs> now let's let's. No, no. <laughs> chopping off dicks. No chopping off of any. No, you're still you're still bitter about them changing Dick Grayson's name. That's where that joke came oh, from. Isn't it? Rick. <laughs> oh, Rick. Oh, Rick. Oh, Rick. How, uh, oh, Rick. Oh, all right. Well, before we start pretending to get serious about this week's episode, Joe, what's going on on Joe to Joe this week? Oh man, I Joe, I'm Joe. Joe, Joe to Joe. That's a different. That's actually when I sit in front of a mirror. And I thought I, I said Joe on a, Joe. Oh, no, no, he said Joe to Joe, but that's all right. Joe, oh. Joe to Joe is when I sit in front of a mirror and I break down my emotional crises for the week. Oh, I thought it was that thing I was searching for on Pornhub. Whatever. Hey, also, no that. Thing. No, that's, that is Joe on Joe. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. This, week, yeah, this week, my special guest uh, drops tomorrow is author, uh, comic book author David Pepos, who you guys know from his wonderful book, Spencer and Locke. Oh, is, uh, oh my guest yeah. Joe on Joe's. Yeah. Nice. Nice get. Yeah, he's. He's a pal out here. He's a good. He's a good dude. I Did think. You, uh, uh, I think it turned out good. Were you Were you stalking him after he wandered into the Golden Apple one day? Well, funnily enough, I first met him at a signing. We had a signing for him at Golden Apple, and I'd heard about his book and was excited because I was a big Calvin and Hobbes guy. And then at the signing, we hit it off pretty well. Like we just were friendly. And then like a year goes by, and I just kept hearing. I talk about this on this week's episode actually, because I kept hearing all my friends in the comic world talk about how good of a guy he was i was like he totally was a nice dude i should really hook him up because i had his i had his uh email mm-hmm. i really need to call him and befriend him and i never did so finally and i kept seeing him in shows so finally i'm like that's it we're going to be friends this is going to happen now so yeah there, there you go nice. yeah that is the important part all right let's get to the geek of the week paul what are you geeking out about this week um i finally started watching narcos just a couple years late but you're, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, my life is behind on those things, but I just started watching it. I love it. And I, it's freaking fantastic. So that's what I'm geeking out about. I know I'm like, wait, years behind, but I love my Latin people. Yeah, that's all right. I didn't, I didn't watch Firefly till like 2008. So, you know. No, you didn't. Yeah. Life gets in the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Makes and... me want to go back to Columbia. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, there you've you actually been there. I've just had dreams of it. And those, uh, yeah, Columbia's awesome. Yeah, those those dreams never end well for me. <laughs> Always some guy walks up, and then like a machine gun grows out of his shoulder, and a dragon has a key in its mouth. I just don't. I don't care for those dreams. No. What? That's not heck? me. What the wow. heck was that? <laughs> that was the outside world. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm sorry. I was watching. I was watching Maximum Overdrive. Let me go turn off the TV. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so, Joe, since you're the last one to pipe up, what are you geeking out about this week? Well, um, uh, I'll tell you what I'm geeking out about this week. Something that I can't tell you about. God, it's always secrets what? with you. God. It is, though. Oh. It is, though. But but, but I will God. in a couple – I will in like a month or so time – but all I can say now is that my wife and I were on a game show last week. Ooh. That's all I can That's say. Very and that, that is that is all I will say. That's pretty cool. Because like the last time you did that, it was like, oh, yeah, Alan Moore is going to fist fight Stan Lee outside of the Golden Apple. This week. <laughs> Jeez. It was. Yeah. yeah. And, and that. And, 
And that happened, and he put he put Stan in the ground. No, in the geek uh, in the geek world, no, in the, too soon. What? <laughs> no, in, in the geek world, uh, that the Stan stuff obviously has been the shadow over this week. So yeah. that that's really what I'm I'm focusing on, which we will talk about later. But yeah, just a little tease. That's all I literally all I can say, and that's all I'm going to say. So okay, but I'm excited. No, that's fair enough. Rico, what are you geeking out about? Uh, a couple of things I, I have to share in the, the feelings about Stan Lee, which, as, as we all know, we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually, a wonderful story I, I have to share about uh, meeting him. Oh, awesome. um, <clears throat> uh, also, a, a couple of other things. Um, I just uh, got back from uh, Bakersfield, uh, Bakersfield Comic Con. I did an appearance there on Sunday and I uh, met a bunch of really cool fans and uh met some you know uh re uh saw some people that i met from other cons especially around the bakersfield area the modesto area and you know and stuff like that so you know it's always good to be at these at these events and you know just uh you know hanging out and meeting folks and nerding out and you know sharing the common love of of the uh the geek world that we all are are gathered here today for today oh yeah no that's that's good um, stuff yeah yeah, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, shout out to Bakersfield Comic Con for that love, and uh, also geeking it out over the new series Titans. You and, are. Yes, really? I, it, it's I. You know, I've been a huge Teen Titans fan forever, and you know that it, it really solidified back in the day when they uh, kind of got rebooted with uh, George Perez, and you know that whole. Uh, it was basically when the Teen Titans really got their legs. And uh, so now there's this live action series that um, that's on the uh, DC universe app. And it's, it's a, it's a cool ride. It's a whole different interpretation of what we, what we would know about the Teen Titans, uh, you know, whatever the history would be, whatever version of that history would be. But um, it's, it's, it's got some really cool stuff. And what I'm really excited about and really geeking out over the Titans is, is the addition of a new series that they're going to have, and it started. There was an episode devoted to it, the Doom Patrol. Woo. Yes. And if anybody knows about the Doom Patrol, they've always been like a, a personal favorite of mine. And I saw an episode, you know, one of the episodes featured the Doom Patrol. This is the first live action version of it. So it was just cool watching the series, but also seeing the Doom Patrol come to life and. Just uh, you know, just exercising my right to be a nerd that that time. <laughs> well, I haven't made it past episode two yet, but I have to say episode two was twenty times better than episode one. So I am gonna get caught up. I just haven't gotten to it yet. And and without any spoilers, you're you're gonna love it even more and more. Okay, and that. that yeah, yeah. So. I was I was really lukewarm on episode one. Well, it's look, we we there are things we know about the Titans and we're we're seeing different interpretations, versions, <laughs> origins of it all. So, it's a matter of just seeing where it's all going to go and how it's all going to tie into the things that we all know about. So, it's that's it's a big ride. Uh with all uh, I respect that that's a very kind way to put it. yeah i completely agree with jeremy that they do get better as you go along it started out at a real low point but well, I just, uh, they have I, gotten better i i am i'm not all the way through the doom patrol episode but it, it's been rough go so far 
Yeah, for me, it's just the pacing of the first episode was off, and I remember I looked at a buddy of mine when we got done watching, and I said, was there a story in that episode? He's, I, I don't think so at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's something I definitely want to watch. I'm definitely a big fan of the Titans, and I know Rico's a big fan because he actually, the first time he was on the show after we met, he corrected me uh, very much so <laughs> on the introduction of Nightwing being at the same time as uh, Deathstroke uh, and the Judas Constra- Contract story going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, put, I did it with love. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it was a little egg on my face, but I deserved it, I think, is what I got <laughs> yes, okay. yeah. Did he um actually you? Uh, he, he, um, he, actually. Well, it's a little thing I like to call Rico splaining right. now. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, this should be good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so it wouldn't be me if I didn't throw a wet blanket on a, a, a light and cheery conversation. Um, this last uh, election here, the state of Florida voted to ban Greyhound racing. There is somewhere over 6,000 dogs there that need homes. So if you live somewhere in the southeastern United States and you have ever considered adopting a pet, or specifically a greyhound, but a dog in general, I would very much encourage you to contact your local greyhound rescue organization and look at adopting a greyhound. Uh, Guys, basically, if they don't adopt them, they kill them. And they are great dogs. I, I have two that I that are I adopted from racetracks. I was raised with a racing greyhound. They're they're low energy. You can have them in an apartment. You just got to get them out to run around maybe once or twice a day. But they literally they're they're a they're a sprinter. They burn hard for a few minutes. They poop and then they go to sleep. They're so, wonderfully sweet dogs. They yeah, really dogs really super are. Chill. Yeah. 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 Greyhounds are are lovely animals. Yeah, they really are. So anybody that's, you know, thinking about it, now's a really good time to think about it. That's a lot of dogs who need homes. And that, that actually, actually, if I could chime in real quick, sure. that's how I got, that's how I got my dog, Mary Jane Watson. Years ago, Missouri outlawed puppy mills and Mary Jane was at the time apparently a breeding mother in a puppy mill. Oh. So a bunch, a bunch of, um, like the Illinois rescue societies all sent every van they could to Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, all the neighboring states. And they, they got uh, as many dogs as they could and brought them to as many shelters as they could. And uh, Mary Jane's been the greatest dog I could ever possibly imagine owning. She's just the light of everything. And she spent two years locked up completely in a cage, never been on a walk the whole nine yards. It's so rewarding to get something like that in your life that gives you that kind of love. So I, I could not agree more with what you're saying. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to put out. I, I don't want to do it as a negative, but I do want to put the fear of not adopting them on top of you. So everybody, there's got to be a couple hundred people listening at least. Go adopt a couple fucking greyhounds, would you? That being said. The way you did it, Jeremy, was 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 perfect because it, it, it stressed the importance of uh, rescue and, and adoption and and putting a, a, a harsh reality on what could happen. And hopefully that'll get more people to really consider, you know, going that route, but really consider adopting these dogs. So well yeah. put, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to take this space right here. You guys are going to hear a clicking noise in a second because I'm going to drop commercial in this spot. And then we will pick up and talk about the news of the week when we get back. All right, everybody, thank you for hanging in there. Um, We are going to start with the top story of the week. Paul, do you want to lead us into this one? Uh, Absolutely. Um, Marvel, uh, they just revealed 
new Daredevil creative team coming up uh, in February. Uh, I thought this was interesting because right now they're kind of doing like a death of Daredevil type thing storyline right now with Charles Souls and uh, and uh, Noto's doing that one. Um, so it kind of kind of irritates me a little bit because like I thought he was supposed to be dead. Now they have a new team, but I don't know if it's going to be Matt Murdock as Daredevil. But anyways, so I just thought this was an interesting choice. Uh, kind of wanted to bring it up, especially for uh, for the guys that may be reading the Daredevil series right now because Daredevil's always had a history of like really good, uh, at least writers on Daredevil. And I think Chip Zdarsky is an interesting choice for Daredevil because usually you guys got you got like Bendis and Brubaker and yeah. Miller, guys that are really known for their kind of like crime noir stuff. And now Chip Zdarsky, who's kind of more like – I mean, he wrote Howard the Duck. Yeah. And now he's writing mm. <laughs> Daredevil. So I just kind of wanted to bring this up and see what – you know you guys have been reading the series and what you think about this new creative team for daredevil uh, i have been reading the series had to previous previous to this one did you read the mark wade series uh yeah i've read every single issue daredevil yeah. my favorite superhero ever Daredevil's my son's amazing. name is yeah. matthew for a reason <laughs> yeah. uh, uh because because you're secretly kazar and you had an affair with uh, uh Black Widow and named your, what is that right? No, no, what was it? No, Kazar's kid was named Matthew because Daredevil had an affair with Shanna, yeah. the She Devil. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah Wait, I think what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, deep, deep yeah, dive. Deep cut. Years ago, when Mark Wade wrote the Kazar series, Kazar was in New York and they were hanging out, and Shanna, the She Devil, was with him, and they had their son, and his son's name was Matthew. And he meets Matt Murdock, and she's like, "Oh, it's his ex." And he goes, "Matt, Matt," and he looks at the two, and he gives her a look like, "You named our kid after your ex, Flame." <laughs> it's an amazing moment. It's an amazing moment. Wow. Um, I, that's how Matt do. That's how Matt do. That's <laughs> the, that, that's that's how Shanna do apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shanna had to have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did. She's like. Mm, blind lawyer for a thousand Alex. Um, I, I love the Mark Wade run. And if this follows suit, I'm all in. I loved Zdarsky's Howard the Duck. I think it was yeah. great. Um, I think he's a really wonderful writer and I'm fine with the lighthearted daredevil. You know, I think we've, uh, and I have enjoyed the soul run too. I've enjoyed it for what it's been. So I'm on board. Awesome. Yeah. Paul. So, I mean, you know, nothing, Nothing loves Daredevil quite like a Paul Vieira. What what are your feelings on it? Um, I, I'm I'm all for it too because he's he's honestly surprised me with stuff he's he's done. Like the Marvel two in one series has been yes. really good. Uh, a big surprise. I thought I I almost didn't read it because I was like, well, you know. But uh, it, it, I'm surprised at how well of, of a writer he is. So um, I'm definitely down for it. And you're right, the Mark Wade's it was very swashbuckling. Kind of much way more lighthearted than it was in the, in the past, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely down. And Marco is a phenomenal artist, so he's one of my favorite artists. So I'm definitely going to pick it up. I'm excited for this. All right, sounds good. I haven't read a Daredevil comic in years. Um, big fan of the Frank Miller run, but that's that's as far as I can really follow it right there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, well, I, I have to uh, I have to side with Jeremy on this one, and uh, you know I I love Daredevil like all the incarnations that I have read and I've, I've read bits and pieces here and there. And I, I, I love the series on Netflix as well. Um, now if, 
if if it, it if it does turn out to be a more lighthearted version, I'm all for that too. I mean, look, at one point Batman was even lighthearted, mm-hmm. and, and, <laughs> and there are versions of Batman, as we all know, that are very lighthearted. Batman '66, you know, is very much different from the Batman that we know today from both <laughs> comics as well as anything on on film. So, you know, hey, why not have a little bit of a you know, loosening up with... Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, at the very least, be, they tried, you know? Yeah, and we could yeah. be... And it could be just assuming that it's going to be light, lighthearted because Sadarsky's oh, writing oh, it. absolutely. Yeah, it could go It could go super dark. He could be like, you know what? I'm going to test my chops on more of a, you know, dark, dark, street-level, you know, right. crime book. So I, either way, I think it'd be interesting, so... Yeah. Sadarsky's over there just going like, I'm gritty now! Look at me. <laughs> he can he could do a little gritty. Sex criminals kept pretty gritty. Well, uh, yeah, okay. That's I did read a little bit of that in your. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't write it, but he like co-plots it and stuff. Well, yeah. yeah, but either way, I think the word you're looking for was grimy, not gritty. grimy. Yeah, <laughs> grimy, grimy. I like that book. <laughs> no, no, it was nothing terrible about it. It's just you know it was they have powers by or was it stop time by having sex? Yeah. 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 Having an orgasm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's fantastic. I love the premise so much. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's very interesting. All right, I'll do the next uh, headline because I've got something in common here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Irons, Watchmen role revealed. Gene Smart also added to the cast. So um, it appears that Englishman Jeremy Irons will be playing German immigrant Adrian Veidt <laughs> in the American HBO version of the future of the Watchmen series. <laughs> um, did I miss anything there? Listen, if you're what? not American, you have a British accent. All right. Every yeah. German. Every... Whoa, 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 whoa. He also played Hans Gruber's brother. He, he did. Played, he played Simon yeah. Gruber, who yeah. obviously is German. So, you know, both yeah. and both Germans in Die Hards were played by English guys. Yeah. Well, the, and he the, played this, Alfred this too, is a, right? This is a thing. Yeah. yeah, there's a rich, rich history. There's a rich history of, of non-Germans playing Germans. Yeah, well, we were all still sore after that whole World War II thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, that, that wound did not heal smoothly. I don't know if it ever healed. Uh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm saying there were still two Germanys until like 1990 or something, you know? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back oh, then that, we'd... That went, that went dark. Yeah, <laughs> what the hell just happened? Oh my God. And that's Jeremy Vilmer from Bit Enders, ladies and gentlemen. He throws a wet blanket and puts an end to it all immediately. Welcome to the welcome to the Proud Boys podcast. Oof, um, no, nine, nine, nine. I'm out. Nice. Oh shit! Paul would get drummed out of the military, and nobody'd ever listen to either one of us again. Everybody, oh, please disregard that. Everybody, please, <laughs> please, please, I beg let's, you. Let's let's edit that part out. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Happened. That's just you said I went dark. Look at what you did there. <laughs> yeah. What? God dang. All right, back to Watchmen because we need something <laughs> lighthearted now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In comparison. Um. Yes, yeah, so I, I I thought that was an interesting choice. I, I can totally see Jeremy Irons playing an, uh, a, a more aged version of that character. Have they said what what year the series is taking place or anything yet? I, I mean, clearly it's going to be 
way in the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I'm super down. I, I thought it was going to be like kind of more right after what's going on, but uh, with with Jeremy Irons being cast, I'm just kind of curious to see what it's going to be. I mean, I guess it would kind of be now ish. Uh, yeah, that would make current, sense. Yeah, if the other one was 85, yeah, that would make sense. This prob- current, probably, current. They'll probably say it was set now, yeah. So, that's wow. cool. That'll be an and interesting a modern-day modern Watchmen with mm-hmm. Twitter and everything else, all the problems we have now, but yeah. in a Watchmen-style universe, that's makes interesting. Sense. Makes sense. Yeah, that would be interesting, especially since the Watchmen world was so different than ours with the electric cars and genetically modified <laughs> foods. <laughs> A 30-year jump would look really different in their world. Yeah. 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 Although we'd still have electric cars and genetically modified food. Well, oh, well, gosh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Not too much, which... No. But I, I wonder what will happen to their world with, with assuming Dr. Manhattan exited it 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, like, assuming he left it, did their technology stagnate? Are they stuck there? You know what I mean? Like, that's... That's fascinating to me. I can't wait to see that part. That yeah, would, I'm I'm super interested in the show. That would be it's interesting, a- except I mean, it's Doctor Manhattan was basically a human Manhattan project. You know, yeah. what, I mean, once he's introduced, you can't put toothpaste back in a tube. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, that, all, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, once you have that level of power, even if he should go away, he, they still have every thread to pull that he left behind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That would be that would be interesting to see. I mean, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna check it out. Um, you know, I, I'm it's gonna be on HBO. Sorry, it's right? gonna be on HBO, right? Yeah, yeah. coming on HBO. Okay, yeah, it's perfect. And, and I'm gonna assume that show will wrap up before Doomsday Clock finishes. Uh, I told Jesus, what a wreck! That <laughs> <laughs> pisses me off so much. <laughs> I stop reading it. I'm like, I'm, I don't, every issue, I'm like, what the hell? I can't remember what the hell happened three well, months ago. It's a race between the end of Doomsday Clock and the end of Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. That's kind of where we're at now. Game of Thrones will finish before Doomsday Clock will. Yeah. You might, you might be right. <laughs> it sure feels like it. Oh, Joe, you want to bring us into the next story? Sure. Where were we here? Okay, hold on. Sorry, I lost my notes for a second there. That's What's right. uh, pick of the week? Marshmallow, Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One, Cassian Andor to headline a new Star Wars series. So, uh, opposite of the the other news, the recent news of them canceling all the other major film work, yeah. uh, Lucasfilm is uh, they're going to be doing a TV series featuring Cassian Andor. Uh, what's that actor's name? His name is Diego Luna. So he's going to reprise his role one role. Most likely in the uh, the time when he was acting as like the secret agent, super dude doing bad stuff, which is good because yeah. that was one of my biggest complaints about that movie is that they never showed us the bad stuff he did without us understanding that he was a good guy. So this bad stuff, the very beginning of the movie, I didn't know who that guy was, so it didn't have any impact on me that it was a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he this, showed a little bit. He killed that dude. Yeah, but we don't know who he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we were never introduced to that guy to have any kind of baseline. Oh, is this a good thing or a bad thing? It was just two people getting chased and (laughs) one of them killing the other one. I don't know. So now hopefully this fleshes that out and maybe will retroactively flavor my my taste for Rogue One. 
Yeah, I was I was kind of different on Rogue One because I would have paid twenty dollars just for the Vader beat down at the end. And... <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, I love Rogue One. I, I, was... I do too. I I. I, I I walked out of there feeling like wow this was an excellent prequel and an excellent story that we all knew of for forty years or whatever and we finally got to see the story unfold it was I I thought it was excellently told you know mm-hmm. especially leading right up to the beginning uh well the end which obviously is right freaking what an hour before the shit goes down and yeah. you know um. In uh, in uh, Star Wars, the only issue that I have, and I I have no doubt this series is probably going to be just great and amazing and all that is, there's so many things that could be done for a live action series, and there's a part of me that just kind of feels like they could have, and I understand the Mandalorian's coming out, but it, yeah. it, it just would have been great to maybe focus on another something else. I don't know, you know, with all the expanded universe, which you know, and and all the other things that they could have done. I don't know. It's an interesting choice, but hey, I'm I'm on board for it. But just kind of felt like they possibly could have gone with something, yeah. maybe more uh, known. Or I don't know. I, I yeah. yeah, I was definitely surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised when, when by it. Came, I'm I'm happily surprised though. I mean, I hope. Oh no, no, I'm not saying it was bad. I was, I was yeah. shocked that that was the announcement. Um, and kind of like yeah. Joe was saying, it's like all of a sudden they're going, "Oh, these movies are never going to happen." But <laughs> hey, here's a whole slate of animated and live action shows that we've got coming up yeah. right behind you. Yeah. Like I almost want to see like a a a Shoka, uh, series. Oh yeah, yeah. If she doesn't come I, back in some form. I'd be astonished. I, I, I have a strong feeling they're they're going to go live action with her. The next time you really see her, it's going to be live action. I mean, they kind of they, yeah, they'd be foolish not to. There's so many, so much merchandise money to be there because so many kids grew up really, really digging her in the last five, ten years, however long Mm -hmm. she's been around. Right, and 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 rightfully so, she's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, she's this powerful female, and you know that's that's something that that is that's being very much focused on in film and TV nowadays, even more so than 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 normal, which 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 could actually lead to a really, actually a really cool part of the franchise that a lot of people I think would really, really oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. yeah for sure yeah that would and be... we still don't know her full her full fate I mean now okay so right. let's get a little that's what makes that's what makes me think they're saving it for live action mm-hmm. yeah because they can just bring her back older and may, who knows maybe her race doesn't actually age like we do so she could mm. still be relative you know what I mean yeah she could be yeah, relatively yeah. relatively young and maybe she helps usher in the next generation of Jedi, you know, in the in the um, Kylo Ren era. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're calling mm-hmm. it the Kylo Ren era, are we? I, that's only because <laughs> I could, no, it's only because I couldn't think of her name. What's her name? Um, Ray, Ray, the Ray era. That's that's Didn't like calling Ray. It's like calling. I, don't know. I was trying to, to be honest, I was trying to pull her full name, and I was like, "What's the, what's the, the, just... the two name?" And the only two names that came to my head were Kylo Ren. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. But um, it would be like calling the 20th century the Aleister Crowley era. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, <laughs> it's, I don't know that it sums it all up properly. Um, yeah, you know what I would like to see if we're, if we're just going to say, you know, you know what would be cool is explore some of the stuff that used to be covered in the Knights of the Old Republic and do a series oh, like way back yes. in the past. I mean, you yes. don't have to hold anything that's been done before, but go back and do something 
you know, we're dealing with uh, with a history of what ten thousand years or something. Pull a different oh. era, do something different. You know, oh, that would right. be cool. It's the old republic so much. Yeah, you know, Rico, real yeah. quick while we're on this, I'm going to switch it to Star Trek for a minute. You saw that they're talking about a Michelle uh, Yo led Section 31 show, right? I did, yes. Okay, so all of a sudden, I almost had a panic because I'm like, so they've had one season of one show done, they've announced the Picard show, they've announced the animated series show, and now they've announced another Star Trek show. Doesn't that feel like what DC Comics did right before they shit the bed really bad? <laughs> you mean in terms of the movies, or? Well, just like, here, we're going to announce all this stuff we're going to do over the next five years, and then right. it's all going to fall apart because we're going to create fatigue before anything even happens. Well, I know that at, they, they were talking about the fact that they wanted it to be like all Star Trek all the time. So when one series, like when one season is over, then, you know, we got the animated series popping up and then this is going to happen. That might overlap something. I don't know. You know, I, I mean, if, if they're smart, they'll, they'll, you know, pace it, but I don't know. I, and I, I think they're also going to be short, I don't think the animated series is going to be that many episodes to begin with. So oh, probably not. And you know what? These days they are doing a better job of keeping shows like 10 to 13 episodes yeah. and, and yeah. not throwing in as much uh, filler and just going with uh, what J. Michael Straczynski used to call wham episodes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think that, look, I think it has a possibility of, of being too much, but I, I think that there's also this, this one for more Star Trek. And I know there are people who are kind of on the fence about the new series and, and how that's going, but I feel like this is something that we've never really fully explored. Like it sounds like they really want to explore with section 31. And so this really gives, it's almost kind of like, you know, with, with discovery where we got a full season pretty much of like, you know, all Klingons all the time. And and we've had Klingon storylines with the various, you know, series and stuff like that. But, you know, like with Discovery, we really delve into a portion of that race and what they do and how they get down, no matter what people may feel about it in terms of the look and just what happened and stuff. But yeah. we really got that. So I, I feel like with 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 the Section 31 series, hopefully it will really dive into basically answering the question what the hell is section 31 really all about in terms on top of what we already know it to be about. Yeah. And then Rick, I've actually got a question for you specifically on star Trek fandom. Um, did you have to give back your star Trek fan club membership when they found out you were on an episode of the Orville? No. Okay. No. okay good. <laughs> Funny enough. They, they, a lot of people were loving the fact that, that I was, uh, that I was on it and it, it ironically enough helped. Oh, good, good. <laughs> well, cause you know, there's a, I mean, a lot of Orville fans are Star Trek fans. Oh, and, absolutely. And lot, right. And a lot of those fans are, you know, I mean, the Orville is very reminiscent of, uh, of uh, next generation and, and, the and how the, and how the storylines uh, unfold. So a lot of people were really loving the fact that, that I was on the show but I was also, you know, involved in Star Trek like I was. And so it 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 almost even helped it, not almost. It actually did help in terms of my 
my I don't want to say pitch, but you know when I'm when I'm selling autographs, I'm like, well, you like Star Trek and you like the Orville. We had this great conversation, and you know Christmas is coming up, so hey, be a great addition <laughs> to uh, to your I'm sure already expanding collection of Orville merchandise, mm-hmm. already huge collection of Star Trek merchandise, and of course, you know if somebody says. My dad's a Star Trek. Well, hey, this is a great addition to your dad's collection. You yeah, know, so. absolutely. But but even the dads are loving Orville, so it's it's, it's oh it's nothing. it's an out and out love letter to Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really it really is. I was just curious because I know you do kind of run in those Trek circles a little bit. You know, but then again, half the half the cast of uh, Next Generation is going to go through the Orville doors eventually here, anyways. Exactly. And I have never heard, honestly, I've never heard a negative thing about um, the Orville in relation to Star Trek. Everybody is, I've heard jokes going on that Orville is their favorite Trek series. And, um, (laughs) you know, Orville is the, is the next series in the Trek franchise, you know, screw discovery. This is what they're saying. It's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So some people, even in like comment sections, whenever I read them are like, I consider this canon over this or that. You know what I mean? So I just like, none but love. Nothing but love. Oh, yeah. that's I, I was just goofing around because yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't believe in fandom finding fandom. I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. There's so much. There's yeah. so much ridiculousness in, within both franchise fandoms that it's just like, guys, chill. We're all nerds here. Exactly. Yeah. We're all nerds. And and also, with, without getting on too much of a soapbox, I also feel like, look, we're all nerds, we're all artists too. A lot of us are artists, and so with that in that respect, a lot of a lot of the art that we are creating in relation to these shows, I, I want to respect that. While of course, nerding out, and you know, I, I'm I'm a fan of, of ad- adhering to levels of canon, but I also know that there are things that have not been um, that have not been a part of uh very very canon friendly but yeah that's nothing new in the history of star trek also so you know i always feel like people just need to chill out you know, overall and just people just just enjoy what's there because this is i always say this is a great time for sci-fi and this is a great time to 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 experience whatever we love in whatever form that is with the movies or the tv shows or the cartoons or whatnot even the comic books it's just like let's just love it all I, I would agree. And see, this is last week, guys, when I or last episode, guys, when I said that we were fighting too much and we needed to prove a better example. That's why Rico's here this week. <laughs> that's why I'm here. OK, yeah. not because you're fighting last week, not because you finally <laughs> answered my fan letter or anything, Rico, after five years. Well, you so. know, it's. I had to get around to it. Well, you know. this is true. I would, oh. I would, I would have ignored that one too, just because of all the, um, the hair powder that came <laughs> out when you opened it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's white and smelled very. Anyway. Anyhow, yeah. you know. <laughs> Got to go to the doctor. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, all right, so guys, we are going to get into Paul's comic picks. So, what, <laughs> Paul, was your pick of this week? Um. Not a surprise to most people, but Mr. Miracle number 12 by DC Comics, the last mm-hmm. issue of the Mr. Miracle miniseries. This freaking series was freaking fantastic, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, did you guys read it before I yes. talk about it? Did you guys no. Hear it? 
No. Are you reading it? I don't want to get too spoilery if you're... I'm, gonna... I'm not. Go for it. Okay. Um, freaking amazing. I absolutely love this series. Um, the last issue was very ambiguous as to what exactly the hell has been going on. Like, you didn't know if this was, like, real or not real. But I have a little bit kind of my theory of what was what's happening. I think Jeremy will actually like this. I actually thought about Jeremy when I was thinking of this this theory. Um, and uh, Joe, you can kind of back me up on this or disagree or agree and see see what you I, feel about it. I, I thought about Jeremy while I was in the bath, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. That goes without saying. <laughs> I mean, I have a poster of him in the bathroom. Well, okay. <laughs> so, Available on Etsy uh, right now for nine ninety nine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so those of you not know, this, the first issue starts out with basically Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, uh, s- slashing his wrist. He wakes up. Uh, we don't know if he's if he's died or not, and what the hell's going on. And then he goes on this, you know, huge adventure where he, you know, he has a kid and he's trying to fight Darkseid and has this whole war going on. And this last issue is very much I thought was breaking like the fourth wall quite a bit. Uh, in issue 11, Metron comes back and shows him, like, hey, this is the real world that you should be in. And it shows all these pictures of the New 52 or Rebirth or whatever you have you. And to me, basically, this is Tom King's way. And, like, he's kind of jabbing at DC Comics, like, hey, your continuity, <laughs> this stuff that's going on, it, it's a bit of a wreck. And I'm going to pull out of that and basically... Mr. Miracle escapes from this not great DC Comics continuity and goes back to, you know, the Kirby days of the New Gods when things were really better in maybe Tom King's perspective. And he escapes the DC continuity by killing himself and going and setting up his life and his family and doing this war because it talks about him. He, you know, he doesn't know if he's in hell. He doesn't know if he's in heaven. You know, he says this doesn't matter. It's not in continuity. And I think that he killed himself to get out of DC continuity. And he decides to stay because Metron says, hey, you should be here. And he decides he doesn't want to do that. So Tom King took a comic book character, made him kill himself to take him out of DC continuity. That's what I took out of it. I love I love what I am hearing. Uh, One thing I want to say, and I don't know why, it makes me think of Ambush Bug a little bit too. Uh, Yeah, I could I could see that. I could see Tom and Mitch doing an Ambush Bug series after this. Ambush Bug showed up. Who showed up in this week's Supergirl? Oh, did he really? Did he really? Yep, he's in this week's Supergirl. Wait, you're still watching Supergirl? (laughs) No, no, um, the the, the, com- the, <laughs> the comic, comic book, uh, okay. the comic book, but yeah, but uh, I'm not, I am, I am still watching Supergirl, just not this season. There's a lot of Legion on it this season, but yeah, no, I'm talking about the comic book. Okay, gotcha. Oh, I think I, Legion, I, I, I think I Legion was last season. Nope, uh, there was oh. more of it this year. Okay, yeah, yeah they did not go away. No, that's okay. Yeah, I dropped, I dropped the book, and so I stopped reading that one. So what do you think about this series, Joe, since you read it? I I love your interpretation on it. I think you're I think you're spot on. Um I yeah, I, it's funny. I read it this afternoon actually and I forgot that it started with him killing himself. So therefore I was but I did read it in that has this been a dream or has this been a reality? Take yeah. of it take with it what you will. But um I think you absolutely nailed it. 
on the head with what he was going for. I will say this, though. It's weird to have that sentiment from the guy who then gave us Heroes in Crisis. And and I know that book's not done yet, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that, that book seems to be the opposite of, of what he's saying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know what's yeah. going on with that book, but it's not done yet, so we'll see. Right, I trust Tom. Yes. Yeah, it's it's not done yet for sure. And um, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think yeah, he's I mean he's he's it's all about escape, right? So he escaped yeah. death, he escaped that universe, and here he is. Yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, that, that's what I got out of it. And and there's a lot of little Easter, and I love the little, you know, you got Funky Flashman, and there's obviously you know you got the Stanley. I mean he is Stanley. Yeah, right. You know, and and he just. And the way he was portrayed in issue number 12, um, it was almost like a little bit of a salute to Stan, but not knowing at the time. You know? Right, right. So that was really cool to see. That kind of hit me a little bit hard when I was reading that, that issue and I saw Funky. So it, this this series is amazing. I can't wait to, you know, I've read every issue. I'm going to buy the hardcover. It's going on my shelf. It's It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah so, I look forward to sitting on and reading it all the way through again. That is one yes. that has just gone on my, fi- my, my to-read list when I finally get around to reading comics again. Uh, it's a character I always liked. You know, and Miracle, uh, Mr. Miracle has the advantage of having a really hot wife, so that makes it easier to read, you know. <laughs> and they... They are very affectionate in that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. And so what book are you looking forward to next week? Uh, Marvel Knights 20th anniversary. I just called Marvel Knights 20th number two, but uh, put out my Marvel comics. Um, It's just kind of like them going back and doing the whole Marvel Knights thing that, you know, Casada did back to basically revitalize Marvel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they're just pulling all the characters back in. It's kind of a weird Daredevil wakes up, doesn't know who he is. Nobody really knows what's going on. I don't know if it's an alternate world or I don't know what's going on. But uh, I love those characters. I love the street level characters, you know, Punisher, Daredevil, Kingpin. All, I mean, all those dudes. I hope everybody makes appearance. I hope Ghost Rider gets thrown in there. I hope Black Panther gets thrown in this. So uh, I like the first issue a lot, and I'm just kind of wondering where this goes. And I'm and I'm super looking forward to it. And the issue last, the last page of issue number one kind of threw me off by the kind of like the characters that kind of got just thrown in there, which I was not expecting at all. Did you read it, Joe? Uh, I've not read the first one yet. I have it, and um, uh, okay, so no, I, I, not, but I did read the old series. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you should have. Everyone should have. Yeah, come awesome. on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I won't give you the last page spoiler, but it was. I was kind of like, whoa, that's interesting. So uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see where this goes. And this is kind of this is my wheelhouse. This is the shit I like a lot. So oh, that's very Look good. That's very good. Uh, Joe, what was the last thing you read? Technically, it was Mister Miracle Twelve. So since we already talked about that, yeah. the book prior to that, uh, sitting at lunch, was uh, Avengers Ten or Avengers Seven Hundred. Mm. Um, really good stuff. That was a good one too. Really good stuff. I liked I'm it quite it. a bit. Yep. Jason Aaron's getting his footing in there in the Avengers. I, I dug that issue. Yeah, I really, really, really like what they're doing with that book. And McGinnis's art looks great. Um, I love the little character reveals and surprises they had throughout it. It was very cool. That sounds uh, sounds pretty good, as vague as it was. But it's a recent book, yeah, so you can't you know, spoil yeah, it too it just much. Came yeah. Out this, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. I'm I'm not regaling you with tales of US one. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a nice and vague reference you made there. 
Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. It's all about that today. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I like that quite a bit. All right, guys. Well, um, so like we brought up earlier in the show last week, uh, uh, Stan Lee passed away at the age of 95. Uh, he had a couple weird years there at the end. Yeah. We don't need to focus on them too much, but we are talking about a man who invented or helped invent, you know, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, I mean, just, you know, start naming characters. Stanley, Stanley touched them inappropriately at some point. Or, no, wait, not inappropriately. What was I thinking? Stanley touched them at some point. It was funnier the other way. I should have stuck with it. But, um, you know, so, Rico, you said you had a story to share about Stanley, and that's actually kind of my idea for having you on this week was because we touched bases a couple days ago, and he said, yeah. if you guys talk about him, you know, let me know. I want, I'd like to come on. So why don't we open with Rico and what he has to say about Stan Lee? Okay, well, thank you for that, first of all. Um, I, you know, Stan Lee meant so many things to so many people. And, you know, I, I, from all the tributes that I've read, it, 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 one of the things that I always took from a lot of the readings was the fact that it, he made it, he made it cool to be able to be a nerd and to be able to escape in these these fantasy worlds of these these characters that we all know and love and grew up with and i know for myself uh i i started when i when i was a little boy i lived in on the south side of chicago and i used to collect comics uh growing up and when i moved from chicago to the bay area when i was about 11 11 years old, I became very introverted because of kind of the abrupt uh, fact that we moved and I was just kind of uprooted from my whole life, my family, my friends, just everything and anything. And I remember comic books being one of those things that I clung to and read even more. And it even started, it, it even had me start drawing and creating my own comic characters and just really I, I got more into that world because I was pretty much all I had, you know, as far as, you know, any connection with people and stuff like that. I mean, I eventually had friends, you know, got friends and whatnot. But and so uh, comic books was a huge, uh, a huge outlet for me in terms of me adjusting to California life and just adjusting to not having my family around me and all of that. Um, fast forward to 200 years later where I'm at San Diego Comic-Con and I was at, I was a guest there and I happened to get aboard the IMDB yacht, which, um, was one of the big parties that, you know, a lot of people made the rounds to. And, uh, me and my buddy were hanging out and in walked Stan Lee and you know, obviously it's like the Red Sea party because in walks Stan Lee with a couple of dudes. He sits down. A couple of people go over to him, start talking to him, and the crowd starts getting thicker. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Stan Lee. And I'm looking at my buddy. I'm like, dude, I got to go talk to him. And then I, I kind of felt like if I didn't do this now, I, I who knows when I would get another shot at it. And so... There was there was a that somehow or another between saying that and getting over there, I walked over there. There was this guy who was kind of hogging 
hogging his time. I, w- I would say it didn't even look like it was somebody that he knew. But once that conversation kind of took a took a break, I just kind of jumped in, and I I I introduced myself to him, uh, kind of told him a little bit about what I just mentioned earlier about uh, my life and and uh, how I was, you know, when I first moved to California and, and how comics really helped. Uh, with my transition from one coast to another and all of that. And, you know, and now I'm an actor and I still love sci-fi and I've done some sci-fi and, you know, I, I would love to, you know, appear in a Marvel movie or TV show one day. And, you know, and I just, you know, I, I just wanted to give, you know, take that time to thank you. And during everything that I said, the one thing that I took was he was extremely attentive. He was very, uh, he, he, he was very humbled by it. And he asked me a few questions. We had like a good 10 minute conversation. And when all was said and done, I thanked him and shook his hand. And right before I, I got up, I said, oh, Mr. Lee, could you honor me with a picture? And he was like, well, of course I could. So and his bodyguard was like, "Whoa, why don't we let Mr. Lee uh, to uh, rest up for a bit?" And then he like t- looked looked over at the guy and said, "Oh, let him take a picture." And so we took the picture. And after we were done with the picture, I said, "Mr. Lee, could I trouble you for one more favor?" And he was like, "Sure. What do you need?" I was like, "Could you say Excelsior to me on this, you know, on um, and 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 I recorded." He's like, "Of course I will." And so we did it. And right after he said it, he said, and thank you so much for that story. It was a wonderful story. And I'm really, really glad that 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 uh, Marvel Comics had this wonderful impact on you. And what I took from that was the fact that he was very attentive and, and he did really care about the fans. And he did really care about what people thought about about that whole world that he created. And, and he I'm sure the money was a big part of, you know, a lot of his appearances and stuff. Obviously, that was probably the most reason that he was there. But he did really give a damn as well. And I took that away and I pretty much told myself, shit, if 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 the con like just decided to shut down right now, I'd be happy because my my weekend was set. And that was it. And I, I still got that video to this day in the picture and damn proud that I took that 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 shot and when met him there you go no that is a great story i i love that story uh i love stories like that because <clears throat> conventions yeah. when you're in con- i'll tell you two of the weirdest things i have noticed when you're at a convention or when you're in vancouver you can literally run into anybody yeah. anybody this is true yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And it's always it's always wild to me. You know, the, I went to um, the Wizard uh, Wizard World in Reno twice. The first time was by accident, and I only realized after we checked in behind William Shatner. And then I went to the buffet, and the girl that played Amy Pond on Doctor Who was walking around through there. That I was like, wait a minute, this this doesn't seem normal. And <laughs> yeah, and we kept running into him, and then found out that the convention was just over the Skywalk. So that was kind of wild. That's a great story. I love that. I never got to meet Stanley. Of course, now that he's passed on, I that's like the one thing I'm like, man, you know, it's like him and Dusty Rhodes are like two people that as soon as they passed away, I was like, how come I never went out of my way to meet the two of them? Son of a plumber, baby. Son that's of a plumber. Right. <laughs> that is right. Those are two guys that have impacted my life in several ways right there. Yeah. 
Well, Joe, you've met Stan a few times. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've had a few uh, blessings to be in his countenance, and uh, everything that Rico just said is absolutely true about the man. Um, first time I met him, uh, I was uh, probably I was 15. No, I would have been 14 because it was 1989. It was the summer of Batman. I was standing in line with my mom. It was a signing with him in the old Chicago. Um, before Chicago, if you ever go to Wizard World Chicago or Chicago Comic Con, whatever they're calling it these days, it's in a huge convention center. It wasn't always the case. It used to be in a hotel, and the meeting rooms were in these tiny, cramped hotel hallways, right? It's insane to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we were standing in this tiny, cramped hallway waiting for his signing, and and he's walking past the crowd just saying hi, everybody, because he's going to go into the room. And he looks down, and he sees my Batman shirt. It was 89, Summer of Batman. He's like, <laughs> he's like hey, that's the wrong shirt. <laughs> I was just mortified. <laughs> Got called out by Stan Lee. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn a Batman shirt to see Stan Lee. And my mom just fell in love with him. Uh, you know, and then I met him a few years later at the show, and then I met him a couple times out here. I was on Stanley Fan Wars, uh, which was a web series he did. Oh, cool. uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, it's a few years ago. They did. Uh, uh, it was like a series of courtroom debates. And you had to debate nerd topics. You can find it on YouTube. Um, it's my my episode was Indiana Jones versus Han Solo. Who would win in a fight? Han Solo. He'd shoot him with the ship. Done deal. Well, well, okay. So that's one answer. Who, yeah. Who's got the, who's got the who's got the right answer though? Of course, it's Indiana Jones. Indiana yeah. Jones is much much more capable than Han Solo. But <sighs> whatever. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight with you, Joe. Well, we're gonna go down a rabbit hole real quick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, watch the episode. You'll see my explanation. Anyway, okay. um, so I was on that, and, and I got a chance to meet him there. I also had a um, similar con experience in 2008 that Rico was saying. It was at a different different event, but same same kind of thing where he was at a, you know, and someone introduced me and said, hey, come on. And I got to just chat with him. I got these great photos with him. He was kind. He was he knew his fans, buttered his bread. Um, he was great to him, and uh, I think he... I think he's the Walt Disney of the modern era without maybe some of the <laughs> anti-Semitism. Well, definitely without the anti-Semitism. <laughs> well, you know, without the, without, yeah. the, without the physical imprint, you know? Gotcha. I think, yeah. I think he's, he is a part of the collective hive mind that would be the current Walt Disney, you know, including mm-hmm. Jack Kirby, Ditko, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's the myth. That's the current myths of our generation. And, and you know, Schuster and Siegel and you know, Finger and, and, and we'll throw Kane in there, even though he, he'd rather throw himself in there Yeah. and all that. Um, yeah. So, no, it's it's I think it's a monumental thing. And I think uh, I think we we are rightful. The world is right to mourn his passing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just I would like to say that, you know, I, I probably talk about him too much on the air, but I've got a six year old grandson. Um who is such a Spider-Man fan that all of his clothes are Spider-Man themed. Yeah. If I went and asked him who is Stan Lee, he'd probably look at me and then call me a fart knocker because I taught him that word. (laughs) Hopefully that wasn't his first word. Uh, Second, I believe. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, dog. A dog, I think, might have been his first word or something. I don't know. But That's my favorite Stephen King book. uh, (laughs) Is that the one starring Drew Barrymore? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the prequel to Cujo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog. 
Um, Sequel to Firestarter. But where I was going with that was kids today love his creations. They don't know who he is now, but I'll tell you what, when they become teenagers and they haven't, or preteens and haven't found girls yet, and they start getting into comic books and other antisocial behaviors, Stanley will still be important. Yep. And oh, yeah. he has one hell of a legacy that spans 70 years, 75 years of works of his that you can find and enjoy, not just things that he created and then moved on from, but things he was still creating up until, what, a year or two ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, I, uh, let's let's also, let's be realistic. It's, I don't think, um, you know, let's, let, let's not lionize Stripperella and Ravage 2099. That's fine. Well, hey, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> There's always there's always shit in every pile of creation somewhere. They're just yeah, you, know, you know yeah it's true yeah it's it's not like Bob Kane invented a whole lot of good characters. It's no 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 abs you're absolutely right. and, <laughs> yeah. and even I mean even Kirby's like later output. Oh yeah stuff. you know everybody's Secret, got Secret City Saga and all that stuff. I yeah mean, there's 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 it, ups it and is, downs in everybody's career yep. but that man stayed relevant and his whole career his whole career I mean. Except maybe right post World War Two, maybe. Well, you know his first his first work was in uh, was in a prose piece in Captain America. Yeah, you know what? Um, mm. Micah, my son, just told me that the other day. Yeah, yeah, that was his first first work published in a comic book was a prose piece he wrote. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's just. But his his legacy. I don't know of anybody else whose name is that synonymous with. Oh yeah. You know, anybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm granted a lot of them got screwed out of their rights, this, that, and the other. And, and Stan Lee was a one-man marketing marvel, a, a funky Flashman, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly who Flashman was. It was, it was exactly. It was Kirby giving the middle finger to Stan. Yeah, exactly. But, you yeah. know, let's face it. Everybody, everybody that's ever made it out there, like, on something like that is a guy who is a machine of self-promotion. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. He, he did it for, you know... From nineteen what forty one until a year or two ago, really, and and yeah, even these, even this year, when you uh, when you got a couple minutes into Spider Man on PS four, Joe, who'd you see? Spider Man, you saw Stanley. You saw Stanley, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to think of something really smart ass and funny to say. <laughs> yeah, and the other words that jumped in my head were Spider Man, which didn't make any sense. No, it wasn't <laughs> funny. I, I, I oh go ahead. I was, I, well, I was just gonna say real quick. I hope. Two things I hope. I hope that that what I, I hope that the room is true that he recorded a bunch of like cameos or just recorded a bunch of things that could be used as cameos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll get more Stanley beyond Avengers Four, which is rumored, you know, which mentioned that he filmed his he did film a cameo for it, but it's never mentioned whether or not he actually you know, sat in the studio and just, you know, did certain things or shot certain places. Um, so I hope that happens. I, I hope that's, cry. yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, you know, what a legacy, but on another level, I kind of hope that, you know, I, I started reading something about continuing the cameo, uh, thing. And I know some people like mentioned putting Deadpool in <laughs> like cameos of like everything, marvel or whatnot that comes out but somebody also mentioned and i thought the deadpool thing would have been kind of cool and funny but somebody also mentioned the possibility of kevin smith doing that if 
if Marvel, mm. you know, if Marvel does decide to continue on with a yeah, yeah. a cool cameo type thing. I mean, nobody will do it like Stan, obviously. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm a little on the fence about the idea of somebody else doing that. Um, but hey, you know, if if, if you're going to have anybody uh, take on a respectful mantle of that, I could see Kevin Smith being somebody could do something like that uh, I, I got a quick little so you bring up kevin um i was so so stan died monday afternoon uh i was having lunch at the same place as kevin and i was able to commiserate with him like an oh. hour or two after the news broke it was weird it was a really surreal moment oh wow and i love i love kevin smith yeah. i wow. would i would not want to see him put in the position to be that guy because i think people would hate on him more than they already do and i love him i love him i love his stuff i'm a yeah. big supporter i wouldn't want to see him put himself in that position it's a no win i hear you i, I think you. the old i think the only way you win is if you go like you know go i don't know who you would go roy thomas or something like that you know like go go classic, go classic. but yeah. yeah but obviously roy thomas wouldn't resonate with no. with anyone so i'm not sure who you who would the hell's that <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not sure who you would do but but something like that yeah, that would be interesting to see. You know, Kevin Smith yeah. and Jason Hughes were just here in Modesto this yeah. week, and I didn't go because I'd already been to one taping of their podcast, and I imagine it's the same every week. Uh, the uh, Jay and Silent Bob get old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty repetitive, so I, I figured I'll be okay this time. This time. This time, yeah. Yeah, it was really surreal. Like, I, would just, I was still processing it. Uh, yeah. My phone had been turned off all morning. And I turned the phone back on about two o'clock, and that's when all these messages came in. Yeah. And we were literally headed towards the restaurant, and cool. we were standing in line. And I'm reading through the phone, trying to read it. And my wife nudges me and goes, "Look, two people in front of us," and it was Kevin. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, that's that's kind Small of crazy. World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It was one of the the most positive days on social media I've seen, and I don't even know. Even though it was something really negative. But like everything was like, yeah, good stories, and you know this guy's, you know, I there think was it's like a lot of love yeah. out there, you know. I think it's because he was ninety-five, you know. Yeah. There's only, yeah. there's only even, even when you're, t- I, you know, I, I don't know, I've gone through, you know, both, all my grandparents are passed. There is only so much like gnashing of teeth you do. Yeah. When when it's a ninety, you know, ninety-five year old person that you lose. Yeah, that was. I, I hate to sound that glum about it or just that that cynical but you know his wife had passed away what a year or two before yeah um and honestly making it a person of his age making it for almost two years after his wife of 70 Mm -hmm. years passed away is pretty rare and he was 95 he was in failing health fuck he was having to sue people left and right it just you know you kind of hit that point where i mean i'm sad to see him go but you kind of got the feeling on his way out the door he's like see you suckers later you know, yep. yeah, I got things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul, now you met him with your kid once, right? Oh yeah. This, I mean, this is like one of the highlights of my life for, uh, lots of reasons. Not only, um, finally meeting, you know, this is one of the people that I've, you know, was on my wish list. Like I just need to meet Stan before I, you know, before I die. And, um, just the day with my son, so his his favorite superhero is Black Panther, right? So 
Um, I was like, all right, we're going to go to this convention. Stan's going to be there. I'm going to buy you Fantastic Four number 52. And we, our goal is to get it signed by Stan. So, mm-hmm. so I did. I purchased it, you know, got it online. And we stood in line for three hours behind every, you know, comic book guy from The Simpsons you've ever right. seen. Yeah. With, their yeah. stacks, <laughs> with their stacks of books. And there's my, you know, 12-year-old son with his one book. In line, just so excited and nervous and patient as could be for three hours. And, you know, we get to the table, and it's just like the regular, you know, there he's just move a book, he sign, okay, head down, you know, hi, you know, still nice. You know, all his handlers are, I right, move it along, move it along. And I get there, and my son's just standing in front of him, hands him the book, and he's like, oh, how you doing, young man? And, you know, signing it. And I'm like, oh, Stan, you know, it's, you know, so awesome it's great you know so good to meet you and we were gonna get a picture with him after the fact so uh, i was like uh this is, you know, this is my son lucas you know um black panther's his favorite superhero you know you created him so he's like wait what and he finally like, kind of like stops looks at my son he's like black panther's your favorite superhero and he's like yes sir and he's like not spider-man he's like no sir not incredible <laughs> hulk no sir iron man no sir and he was just, that's fantastic. And like, claps his hands and shakes his hand. That's fantastic. He was so excited because everyone was there, you know, with the, the, the normal stuff saying, this, oh, I love Spider Man. He was just so happy that this yeah. little, this young man was like, Black Panther's my favorite superhero. And it is to this day. And even my youngest, Matthew, he's like, I asked him the other two weeks ago because talking about all this stuff. Hey, who's your favorite superhero? He's like, Black Panther. I'm like, how did I have two sons that love the Black Panther so much? And it's great. And, and I will just never forget that day, how excited Stan was to meet this kid who who loved something that he created decades ago. And it, it just, very cool. yeah. it was just a great moment with my son and with and meeting one of my heroes. And I, I'll never forget that day. And you know, I got this pic, that, awesome. one, that picture with me, Stan, and my son in my son's room. And it, it just hangs there, and it, it was great. I love you know, it. It's awesome. It was it was sad when he passed. I cry I cried because I yeah. remember that day and how happy yeah. my son was, and that's yeah. something Stan gave to my son, and Stan gave me, you know, my my life. I, comics are my life, and he, he was a huge part of that. So I can't thank him enough wherever he is, man. Now that's that's yeah. That's well said, man. That's that's well awesome. Said. That's a great story. Yeah. yeah, I never met him. I wish I had. The only the only story I've got that even comes close was Jim Shooter, and a girl was standing there yakking at him the whole time. So finally, my <laughs> wife calls me and she's like, "Hey, we're getting ready to leave and go do something else." And I just interject. I said, "Mr. Shooter, I have to thank you for the 1980s." And I shook hands, <laughs> shook hands with him. I started to walk away. He goes, "What's your name?" I go, "It's not important. I gotta go." <laughs> I would love to meet Jim Shooter too. I've never met him, and I yeah. would definitely love. To meet no, him. I was hoping to get to talk to him for a few minutes. I didn't. Um, the, the longest conversation I ever had with anybody was Neil Adams, and I remembered he had a weird uh, gravity theory that he won't let go of. And then I was like, I, I got to go. <laughs> I felt like oh, I got cornered by a homeless person. Yeah, he's <laughs> almost a, he's almost a flat earther. Yeah, yeah, he's real. Yeah, I, yeah, he's uh, he's got some thoughts on science. Yeah. <laughs> but nice guy very nice oh guy. yeah hell of a he's nice got, guy he's got some thoughts on science yeah he's also one of the best artists to ever work in comics oh, 
Are you kidding me? He's absolutely amazing. And and he's the only artist I've ever known who has a drawing of Billy Jack on his table at all times. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. Hey, all right, guys. So we got to start wrapping up here. I hate to do this to Rico because I'm going to ask him, and he's going to be like, no, I can't tell you. I'm going to be flipping through Fox or CW in a couple months, and he's going to be on a fucking <laughs> show. But um, Rico, you got anything in the works you want to share with anybody before we go? Um, I am actually recurring on a new Apple TV series called Are You Sleeping? It's it's based on a book by Kathleen Barber. Oh. And um it's it's Apple TV basically in a nutshell is 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 starting to do their own um scripted uh programming. They're kind of going the Netflix route, the House of Cards route. They're getting a uh they're getting Octavia Spencer who is uh starring in it and uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon is one of the executive producers. Uh, this show has it stars um, um, Octavia Spencer, Mackay Pfeiffer, Michael Beach, Aaron Paul, uh, Elizabeth Perkins. Um, wow, uh, uh, Tam- Tammy Roman, Tracy Toms, just like this this who's who of of, of actors in 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 all just. You, you've seen them everywhere, and uh, I'm recurring on the show. And it's act, the show was actually created by some good friends of mine from the Bay Area, uh, Michelle Trample Spellman, who's created the show. She's the showrunner. She wrote. She um, she wrote a bunch of. Uh, well, she she's a writer, but she she's in TV as well. So she's the showrunner. Her husband's one of the uh, consulting producers. A couple of other buddies of mine who are also writers are consulting producers. Um, it's, it's a Bay area. It, it takes place in the Bay area, nice. even though, uh, the, yeah, the majority of the stuff is shot out on the Paramount lot, but, um, well, uh, right. Yeah. But the exteriors are done, uh, up in the Bay and, and it's a Bay area show. It's, it's, a, it's, and it's, it's a great experience and, uh, working with some of these people, uh, you know, all of these people have, have, have been, have been awesome. So, uh, working on that, just got back from Oregon shooting um, a horror film called Get Gone with um, Lynn Shea from Insidious and There's Something About Mary and uh, also Robert Miano as well. And uh, yeah, that's basically the latest happening with me right now. Oh, that's Well, that's, uh, that's better than I expected you were going to do there. I thought you were going to be all like, oh, no. <laughs> Just, you know, hanging out, doing conventions, and then that shit was going to happen again where I get done with the Orville and go, that was fucking Rico, wasn't it? My wife's like, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. So, yeah. Also, your hair looks amazing, dude. I love what you've got going on these days. Ah, thanks, man. Don't don't tell me you've cut it since you put up those last couple pictures. I am bald as the day I was... No, it's... it's Uh, you've uh, you've got style. you've got a fro up there that would make Jim Kelly blush. Hey, you know I'm I'm trying to keep the fro alive, man. Yeah. So no, I, I think yeah. it's an important thing to do, you know. And, then, <laughs> and nobody nobody makes a comment about me whipping out a Black Belt Jones reference. Come on, guys, we're better than <laughs> hey, this. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> okay. We're all better than this, yeah. I know it's late and everything. But... All right, well, <laughs> Joe, you want to throw a, a a shout out to your show or anything before we go? Yeah, man, just tune in to Joe on Joe. It's the uh, the GI Joe podcast that we watch. It's an episode of GI Joe every week, and we comment on it and laugh about it and talk about the things you were into when you were ten years old. 
Awesome. That sounds like fun. I also want to remind anybody that's out there, if you are into classic 70s and 80s era pro wrestling, check out my other show, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Me and Bobby Blaze do a countdown every week of the top 10 whatever we're talking about. This week we're doing the 10 most influential women in pro wrestling history. And it was a lot of fun to record. It's uh, It should be a really good show. I just posted it as we were going to uh, record this tonight. So, that being said, Paul, anything you want to say besides Happy Thanksgiving, everybody? No, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And, uh, yeah, that all being said, for Paul Vieira, for Joe Slepsky, for Rico the Anvil Anderson, huh? How's that for a nickname? Come on. The Anvil Anderson. Okay, yeah. all right. People are going to start thinking about Acme and Looney Tunes, but hey. Well, you know, whatever. Maybe you get a cartoon job out of the deal. <laughs> yeah. But, and for myself, Jeremy Vilmer, bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>